podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. Gifts for the 1980s kid. to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name is Will, and joining me as always are my friends slash co-hosts, Ray and Kat. Hi, guys. Hello to all my friends. Hey, which is us on the show. <laughs> hey, uh, on today's show, we're going to be discussing, or suggesting, I should say, I hope, this is what I was planning on doing, <laughs> suggesting some <laughs> gifts that you could get this holiday season for the 1980s kid in your family, that may be you. So get it, you know, treat yourself. <laughs> You're going to get a gift card or something from somebody, right? I mean, grandma's probably still sending you $20 or something like that. Use it for this <laughs> thing for yourself. Uh, we're also going to chat about some of the gifts or some of the Christmas presents that we wanted that we didn't get. Uh, and we're going to include uh, the, the many comments that we got from folks today on Facebook and Instagram with their very own uh, sad story. <laughs> hey, Brendan Shaw says he's watching all the way from South Africa. And yes, wow. it's a country on its own. Yes. <laughs> Was <Wow>. there a doubt? <laughs> Hi, Brendan. <laughs> well, Brendan, right. I mean, most folks, they think Africa is a country, right? And especially probably most Americans right. too, right? I mean, come on, let's be but. honest. <laughs> no, because when you play Risk, you know that's not true. Because on Africa, on Risk, you're taking over separate countries. Is that it? Yeah. You, I think there's like the Congo and and the other ones. <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> End of list. They're all there. Uh, I think Egypt's there. Positive. And risk. Yeah, I think it's in go. risk. But not maybe not necessarily in real life. I'm not sure. <laughs> not in real life. I have maybe no not. clue. Oh, boy. No, it's been a long time since I went to school. Welcome, Brendan. Um, hey, we got a couple of announcements. Very exciting things. This week is going to be a busy week because this Thursday, December 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we will be speaking with Cassandra Peterson who you probably know better as Elvira, her mysterious uh, character from uh, much of the 1980s and beyond. She's going to be chatting with us. If you remember, we almost spoke with her just a couple of weeks ago, and then there was a scheduling mix-up that uh, delayed that. But hey, she's back. True to her word, she said she wouldn't let us down. And this Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be talking to her on Facebook Live. She'll be taking questions from you and comments, too, if you don't have a question. Because some people, you know, they don't say anything because they think, I don't have a question. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. If you put a question mark at the end of whatever you yeah. wrote, it's a question. Yeah. I, I loved you in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Mm -hmm. Yes, you did. Thank you. <laughs> and then on Saturday, just a couple days after that, December 18th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, again on Facebook Live, we're going to be hosting a 1980s horror trivia contest. Uh, if you want to be uh, a part of that, so what we're going to do is have five people competing live on Facebook Live. If you want to be considered to enter that contest and compete live, go to Facebook, go to Facebook, go to 1980snow.com. And on there, there's a quiz you can take. It's on the homepage. Well, there's links where they'll take you over to there. Mm -hmm. But if you don't make that part, you just want to be in the audience, you have a chance to win too, because somebody from the audience is also going to win a prize as well. So uh, hang out with us on Thursday night and then later on Saturday night for both very exciting uh, things uh, mm -hmm. happening here. Okay. Hey, enough about that. Now, once again, it's time to... Thank you for your cooperation. Hey, we received an email from Jasmine, and Jasmine writes, Hi, I'm Jasmine from Sacramento, California. 
I'm an 18-year-old musician, singer, and songwriter because I like the 80s vibes. Awesome. Hey, Jasmine. Thanks for letting us know about that. That's uh, a, yeah, that's an excellent decision. Yeah, yes. and I'm curious if, you know, we spoke to uh, Violet Sky a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a, a young person like yourself who's a singer and songwriter as well. And she is making 80s sounding songs right now. In fact, actually, she's early next year, we're going to hear a whole album of her. That's music that was literally created in the 1980s with her voice on it. But maybe Jasmine, you know, if you're following in those types of footsteps, we're there with you. We want to hear that. That's great. Right on. Send it in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, we got a comment here from Kyle uh, saying, this is with regard to our Christmas episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kyle writes, (laughs) all right. So on our Christmas episode, (laughs) Ray provides saying it was brilliant. I just listened to it again earlier today. <laughs> he listened to, uh, he, cre- he, he changed the lyrics for, uh, Mariah Carey's all I want for Christmas to be a 1980s song. And we also on that episode talked about the news about Tiffany, uh, where she had an issue singing live. And we shared a story as to why we don't have a beef with Tiffany per se. Uh, mm-hmm. but she was almost on the show and then wasn't, but anyway, so Kyle says, and I think this is to, uh, <laughs> maybe make some amends. He says, quote, get Tiffany on the phone. To crank out Ray's 80s All I Want for Christmas. <laughs> hmm. So maybe that would, uh, would we make a, would that be enough? Maybe we'd, you know, again, she doesn't know what happened. Hmm. He's her publicist. I'll, uh, I'll go, I'll go head to head with her on uh, Kamikaze Karaoke any oh. day of the week. <laughs> what is Kamikaze Karaoke? <laughs> That's where you just take the book mm-hmm. or the thing. And you just flop it down and whatever song comes up, that's what you got to sing. And then right. every time you finish a song, you do a kamikaze, right? Isn't that a kind of a drinker shot or something? Ooh. Yeah. But I think we'll <laughs> stick to, because she seems to have a problem. Whoa, whoa. We'll, we'll just stick what? to the, the karaoke. We don't know she has a problem. <laughs> she had Allegedly. A, she had a challenge that one particular night. <laughs> <Yes>. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. All right. Hey, enough Allegedly. of uh, slandering or libeling, which is a slandering uh, Tiffany. Defamation of Because we love her. Let's get caught up on 1980s news. Hey, in uh, 1980s news this week, uh, per guitar.com, Eddie Van Halen's uh, biographer calls David Lee Roth's claim to the Frankenstrat, quote, a complete revisionist fabrication, end quote. So a few days ago, uh, former Van Halen frontman David Lee Roth posted a video in which he claimed that he came up with the idea of painting, you know, the now iconic stripes on Eddie Van Halen's uh, Frankenstrat. Were you familiar with that already, Bray, that David Lee Roth had claimed that? I've never heard him claim that. Um, that's a pretty bold claim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I love Diamond Dave as much as the next guy. But I'm not real sure he's remembering that correctly because he's no. never mentioned it before. Yeah. Like, I mean, he got them to do all kinds of stuff. He got them to lie about their ages so they would seem younger. <laughs> oh, we should do that. Um, He's the one who said Van Halen would be a great name for the band because they were mammoth. Oh, right. It's like, um, hey, you know what will make a great name for the band? Your name. Yeah. That's genius. <laughs> Basically. Where do you get this stuff? So it's not that far-fetched that maybe at some point he might have said something about Stripes. Mm. And in his head, now he just somewhere something clicked and synapses started refiring yeah. and it changed the story. It happens. Yeah. Right. He might it happens have, to everybody. He may not have meant it in a, what's the word mean? Like a bad way, like a, a nefarious way. It just right. could have been age and uh, yeah. It's um, revisionist. There, there is something too that I've heard that every time you 
remember something mm-hmm. or recall a memory, you it changes a little bit. Right. I heard Maybe. that too. And I, I thought yeah. of it in connection yeah. with like, you know, being our generation, using a tape over and over again, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like a cassette mm-hmm. tape. Starts mm-hmm. to get kind of weird. Videotape or an audio cassette. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. so Ray, uh, it, the uh, biographer for Eddie Van Halen, this is a gentleman, Chris Gill, who co-wrote uh, Eruption, Conversations with Eddie Van Halen, and an expert on Eddie's guitars said to Guitar World that the claim is, you know, nonsense. He cited three specific things. First, he said the the year this purportedly took place, Roth stated he had orchestrated the guitar painting in 75 or 76, but Gill says that Van Halen's Frankenstein guitar, as Gill refers to it, did not appear until 77. Well, that could be, you know, that's like you said, maybe you can miss a year. That seems makes sense. Mm-hmm. But Roth also claims that his idea to paint the guitar was to distance the white Stratocaster from that of Jimi Hendrix's. But according to Gill, before the Frankenstrat was ever painted, it was unfinished. It wasn't white. So it wouldn't have been any <laughs> need to do that. Gill says that the process was that the body was painted black and had white paint sprayed over the body with the strips of tape applied. And finally, Gill contests, this is the funniest one to me, I think, you know, but this could be like you're saying, just stuff gets uh, misremembered. Uh, Gill contests the materials that Roth describes using. In his video, Roth stated that, uh, that Roth, (laughs) again, he's just taking, now that he's dead, right? Hey, so (laughs) I walked in with three rolls of tape. (laughs) <laughs> one a roll of gray duct tape, one roll of black, not very sticky. The f- thing kept came coming off, electrician's tape, and one roll of blue art tape. Well, that was David Lee Roth's uh, quote there. Mm-hmm. Um, the blue tape, however, that Roth describes, 3M Scotch blue painter's tape, we've all used this, you know, to, to paint mm-hmm. something in our house. It wasn't invented until 1988, 10 years after the Frankenstrat emerged. <laughs> and three years after Roth had left Van Halen. Uh, and Gill also stated that, in fact, the uh, Ed used torn strips of gaffer tape when applying the red coat. A piece of that gaffer tape still remains on the guitar. Oh. Huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. It's an awesome guitar. But, uh, <laughs> you know, David's, David's got his own newsworthy worthy stories because also in David Lee yes. Roth News, per <laughs> iHeartRadio, so we know... We know that at the beginning of October, we, we talked about how uh, Roth had announced that he'd be retiring f- after his final performance in Las Vegas, which is uh, scheduled for January 8th, 2022, or it was, because now that those dates have sold out, Roth has now announced more shows in January mm-hmm. on the 14th, 15th, 21st, and 22nd due to overwhelming demand. Roth said, quote, I had no man- idea how many of you wanted to pay to see me go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm putting more tickets on sale. Um, he said he also has industry professionals now ringing in telling me, Dave, at your age, you should be in the middle of your third retirement. Uh, he continued, <laughs> look, I'm vulnerable. I feel sensitive. If I sound that way to you, I'm in the middle of my first retirement. Okay, so I think maybe even Ray alluded to this, that, you know, he's he could just keep coming back like all these groups that do a final tour. Well, it's right there on the, the tour poster. Yeah. It literally oh. says this might not be the last oh, tour yeah. on oh, the last okay. tour poster. It's right, in yeah. the ribbon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. For the tour name. Yeah. Okay. And I have to agree. If you sell them all out, it's yep. mean spirited and not very nice to not add more dates uh-huh. so that 
you see if those sell out, you, ha- he just has to keep going until there's no sellout. Then he can retire. <laughs> oh, I don't think a guy like him could just be doing it indefinitely then. Well, uh, yeah, probably. Unless he starts to really, you know, sell but I mean, because he's too old or something. It, d- yeah, it doesn't matter. As long as he sells out and the fans want to see him, he should keep doing it. Yeah. That monkey guy did it. And he, oh, come look on. What, I, look too what soon, happened. Too soon. Look oh, what happened. No. Too soon. Oh, oh. He retired. <laughs> Who retired? The monkey guy. Uh, monkey guy. You're talking about a guy with uh, like chimpanzees? No. From a circus? <laughs> the hey, hey, we're the monkeys guy. It was like mm. two days after he retired from playing music, he dropped dead. Yeah. Uh, da- David Lee Roth is not allowed retired? to drop dead, so he can't retire. But that's my point. If he keeps doing it, he's never really going to have a retirement. He's going to die soon yeah. thereafter, or he's going to be so terrible, I guess, that people won't want to see him. But you're right. People won't. People still see him. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely. They will. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I looked this up. It's only yep. about what twenty nine hour drive to Las Vegas. Ray, are you going? Probably not. Oh no. <laughs> I did think that would. I mean, that still would be pretty cool, especially if you get to see him with uh, Alex and the uh, yeah. or somebody. Yeah, that would be cool. But uh, you know, maybe in a couple of years on the final final tour, I'll head out yeah. there. Maybe twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven. You know, maybe we'll head to Vegas, catch a show. Yeah. So. Oh, I yeah. see. And John Henderson's on our Facebook Live here because we're recording on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. If somehow some portion of that got cut out of the podcast this week, John Henderson's Mike says Mike Nesmith. Yeah, we know John. You know, I I don't like talking about these things on the show. They're just such a bummer. But uh, Mike Nesmith was my favorite uh, favorite monkey from the very beginning, and uh, and Kat just saw him in concert. I did. But we're not going down that path. Ray did no, this. No, no, he no. does it on purpose. Oh, Ray. I can't get political, but he can talk hey. about people dying. All right. He's, uh, he's in my top four favorite monkeys. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. <sighs> and, you know, all, including in that is uh, BJ and the bear. Uh, <laughs> the guy from Any Which Way But Loose. <laughs> right turn, Clyde. <laughs> Clyde. Yeah. All right. Hey. And, and, uh, other, what? and what's the guy from Planet of the Apes name? Uh, Dr. Zayas? Yeah, Dr. Zayas. Yes. <laughs> um, hey, in other 1980s news, on December 7th, just a few days ago, ABC aired live reboots of the 1980s sitcoms Different Strokes and The Facts of Life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it was a little odd, but I guess funny. I didn't watch them. I watched the last time Jimmy Kimmel did this with Norman Lear, and it was fine. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't watch it this time. I'll probably check it out, although it's getting mixed reviews. But I thought it was curious that they cast adults as the children. You know, on the shows, they had child actors at the time. So, for example, playing Arnold this time around was Kevin Hart. Uh, I'm sure he's a great sport about that. John Lithgow played uh, Mr. Drummond. Uh, we also had Jennifer Aniston, Gabriel Union, and uh, Catherine Hahn taking up the uh, the uh, major roles in uh, Facts of Life. Um, but what we seems to be popular with no question, regardless of the maybe success or how folks responded to this, you know, live reboot, were the commercials. Uh, because to pull it all together, the network worked with Ryan Reynolds' creative agency, Maximum Effort, which I didn't realize he owned an ad agency, but- I didn't know either. I knew about the gin, but I didn't know about the- Yeah, he's diversified. He's got the cell phone company, something green or something. Oh, wow. I see those commercials pop up every now and then. But (laughs) um, so they created ads that matched the show. So they were these 80s looking- they looked 80s and sounded 80s based on the quality of the audio of the video. The announcer mm-hmm. that would say the tagline at the end sounded like that guy from the 80s that did all the commercials. But they were real commercials. That was the most clever thing about it was they had contemporary products being advertised through this, you know, sort of concept. So you mm-hmm. had Jack in the Box, Kool-Aid, uh, Oscar yes. Meyer, uh, Kraft mm-hmm. Singles. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds' aviation gin was had had a few had a few commercials in there. Mm-hmm. I, I thought those were great. I didn't watch the TV show, but those were great. Did you guys check those out? Yes, I loved them. I think my favorite is the the Kool Aid one yes. with Bob Vila. <laughs> yes, that one was good. Um, I kind of like the hot dog one with uh, what's oh. his face Carlton. Yes, yes. Where oh, he's yeah. doing the the yes. take on the jeans commercial yes, from right. uh, from the underaged uh, yeah Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird how. Um, Oh, I, I loved how they would take these weird turns, right? It, you <laughs> thought it was about one product. Craft <laughs> Singles was about cheese, but it ended about a singles website that you could call, a phone number you could call <laughs> to try to, to get a date. Uh, the Kool-Aid Man one starts out as Bob Vila doing sort of a fixer-upper thing. And by the end, he's mm-hmm. giving therapy to Kool-Aid Man. Oh my gosh, they're so clever. If you get a chance, check it out. I don't know if the, shoulders in, uh, the show is any good. I really like the one because we also, in addition to having uh, Alfonso Rivero R- R- and um, uh, who else? Well, Ryan Reynolds did a voice on some of the, well, he did it on his own gin mm-hmm. ones, I guess. We also saw Jennifer Beals in there, you know, a flash dance yes. fame. And yep. She was in a couple of them. And I loved the Jack in the Box one she did with the shoulder pads. She rocked it. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that one was really good too. Yeah. <laughs> She's like a modern 80s woman with the big shoulder pads, but the they're concealing pads. the fact that she has a jack in the box cheeseburger. <laughs> so she has food too. And I love the contrast, you know, you you know, you could see they were, you know, lifted up. Rather but then large. when she actually lifts one off, the burger is like Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's gigantic, yeah. And then I wanted a burger. Mm. Okay. Hey, another 1980s news per the video games chronicle. So just a few weeks ago, and I got really excited about this and this was going to be one of the products I suggested on my list today. And mm-hmm. maybe we will accept. No, I'm kind of, I think we're disappointed in Atari right now because mm-hmm. Atari launched a new label called Atari XP to sell uh, what they refer to as never released and rare Atari games from the seventies and eighties. And we're talking about Atari games for the 2600. So, um, the company claimed in its marketing that the titles were created by Howard Scott Warshaw, who is a legendary video game designer. He, de- he designed uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Yara's Revenge, and probably is most infamously known for E.T., uh, which is actually a pretty good game. And, and Ray is great at it. He's got like these- I like, like that game a know, lot. <laughs> Ray's like the living Konami code for E.T. He knows all the like, little tricks and hacks. Like how to get him out of the little- Holes and he falls. Yeah, in. you got to spend a lot of time down in them holes to figure out how to get out of them. But, but oh, he knows man. he got it. Yeah. He knows a trick mm-hmm. to it. I really wanted the ET video game, mm-hmm. and we did get it. And I didn't know any better. I enjoyed yeah. it. I didn't know it was bad. <laughs> no, it's not yeah. bad. Well, that's the point. It's, it's hard. <laughs> Those pits make right. it hard. Yeah. 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 It was. It was challenging. But yeah. but I, I kept kept playing it. Just kept going. I have that here too. One of our episodes, what a year or so ago. Oh no, maybe it was when Howard was on. I don't remember. I don't remember what episode it was. But we yeah. yeah, we played it. Yeah, so. yeah. Yep. I yep. was good at it. I enjoyed that. And yep. I wasn't. <laughs> um, I think. Or maybe Ray was terrible. I kind of remember that pit. Now I remember when <laughs> editing the show. <laughs> having that pit falling sound. You're like, well, what you the, the, the problem Yeah, the problem is is that we had it set uh we had the game set on a very high level. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So the secret mm-hmm. agent man kept oh, throwing yeah. me in the pit over and over. And that dude's like a blur. He walks so fast. He was fast. <laughs> and we talked to Howard Scott Warshaw a year ago, t- almost to the day, about uh, E.T. and his other video games. He was on our Christmas episode last year, which is still worth checking out because we had a few different guests mm-hmm. that popped in, including him and uh, Tommy Tallarico. That was a great uh, show. That was a great yeah. episode. It's long, yeah. but it's good. And Haiti also mm-hmm. talked to 
um, Brett, Brett Weiss we talked to. Um, but so Atari said they're going to sell these games. And in, in Howard's book, and I think even during our conversation, we talked about some games he developed that never got released. Well, one in particular came to mind. The, uh, the current games that are available on this Atari XP website for the 2600 are either a standard cartridge, which is about 50 bucks, or a quote limited edition one, which also comes with a poster, the manual, a collectible pin, and a certificate of authenticity in the very least. Those sell for 150 bucks. So if you want some extra paper, then I don't know what yeah. you can do with that. Yeah, I like how the manual is included in the bonus <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. It's such, yeah, right. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. got that. But still, to this day, that stupid duck hunt game, mm-hmm. when it came out, nobody knew the second controller controlled the duck. And it's in the nobody. manual. It's like on the last it's page in the manual. Or yeah. No one read it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> they right. They just emerged now, 30 years later. You're right. But the three games X, Atari XP are selling or Saboteur, which is the game I remember Howard talking about. Mm-hmm. Yar's Return, again, which is, is, is uh, described as a sequel to Yar's Revenge, which Howard created, and Aquaventure. Now, at the time this Atari XP launched, it credited Howard Scott Warshaw as having designed all of these games. Uh, and I thought, as soon as I read this a few weeks ago when this came out, I thought, we got to get Howard on the show again. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas right. time again. He's got a product that I'm really excited about getting. I have my 2600 in the room here somewhere. A cartridge I can get now for a game that he created that never came out. This is awesome. Well, turns out Video Games Chronicle reached out to Howard Scott Washer and asked him, hey, we got, you got these games coming out. We didn't even realize you created these other ones. Turns out he didn't. Uh, he confirmed that Saboteur was indeed his game. That's the one that he talks about in his book. And maybe we, I think we talked about it on the show too. He said, uh, quote, I wrote Saboteur virtually in its entirety. It was planned for release in 1984, end quote. However, Yars Return was actually not created, not uh, slated for a 1983 release, which Atari was saying on its website until recently. It was a homebrew that was created not too long ago by another gentleman. Uh, And then, and also, uh, as for AquaVenture, which Warshaw was also credited as creating according to Atari XP, he said, uh, quote, AquaVenture is something I never heard of or had anything to do with whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the idea that I'm the designer is totally false. Anyone who reads my book, Once Upon Atari, will know everything about my work. Once again, when a when twenty something year olds are probably in charge of the the marketing and stuff, and they're like, "Who can we call that would know this?" So they <laughs> called David Lee Roth, uh-huh. <laughs> and then he says, "Howard, Howard yeah. did those games." It's totally. I just remember it. Yeah, I walked. I walked into the room. I had three rolls of duct in. tape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had some cartridges, some yeah. sticky tape. Yeah. So you think it was a mistake, right? That's what Atari's saying that they just made a mistake. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think it's a mistake because he did do Saboteur. Yeah. He did the original mm-hmm. Yar. So technically, they're kind of saying it's based off the game he made. Mm-hmm. But once again. Somewhere in there, they got confused and just said, oh, well, you know, he's uh, responsible for all of this. Yeah. Whoops. You're, you're more generous. I think they're just trying to leverage. He's, he's probably the most well-known game designer there is today. Well, they, well, once again, they had to know that someone was going to ask him at some point. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Yeah. If I was him, I would say, absolutely, I want my money. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You can put my name on it, but yeah. I want my money. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, um, yeah, having to ask him about it and correct it brings more attention to the games. It, it makes does. them hmm. more known. Yeah. Mm. And if you think mm. about it, it took like 30 years for the, the men at work lawsuit over Land Down Under to actually be settled. 
So by then they spent all the money. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like that's the, your strategy. Yeah. What so, is this? Can't get blood from a stone. They uh they actually it's a traditional the yeah. music is like a traditional so, song from Australia. It's just a little That's actually a, a song that's Oh no in the it, it's throughout the whole yeah, song. Yeah, no, in the it's like thing. in between yeah, the yeah. verses and chorus. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's actually mm-hmm. from like Ray said. It's a traditional Australian sort of kids song that was written. It's like a little flute sound. <laughs> yes, thing. it was written. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. years earlier. Oh, James writes it's the kookaburra, yeah, the, the, right? The kookaburra. Yeah, the kookaburra. Okay. okay. So ultimately, they were sued by the estate, the uh, you know, the heirs of the gentleman who wrote that song. Wow. Just recently, within the last what it ten just, years, it took. Or something like that, it right? took. Well, this, the lawsuit started yeah. way back when, but wow. it took this long for them to settle it. Yeah, it was the last five or ten years, I think. <laughs> something like that. Wow. Yeah. We could ask yeah. uh, Colin Hay about that because we I think we've talked about this. We should be speaking with him sometime mm-hmm. soon. He's got a cool. record coming out, and I think a tour. Um, mm-hmm. All right, hey, that was 1980s news. <laughs> right. Okay. Hey. <laughs> If you like the show, no, you like the show. Why do I say that? Because you might not like it, but if you made it this far, you're liking it. All right, we got you. <laughs> well, hey, if you if you like the show, give it like, view, uh, like, rate, review, subscribe so you know when another episode's coming up. Join us on Facebook. Uh, you should follow us there because you can actually watch and participate as we're recording live right now. Um, but also because you'll be able to know and get links to our uh, events that are coming up this week, December 16th at 8 p.m. Cassandra Peterson, you know, Elvira, the mistress of the... Dark, right? Dark. Uh, and then Saturday, we're going to have a live uh, trivia contest, and you can go to a face. Oh, God, I keep saying Facebook. Go to 1980snow.com to, for your chance to become a contestant on that live event on Saturday, December 18th at 8.30. All right. Hey, so today on today's show, as we mentioned, we're going to be talking about toys that we recommend. Uh, i getting a lot of noises here. Toys that we recommend for the <laughs> 80s kid in your life. And it may be you, so you can go out and get it yourself. Because mm-hmm. I did. I, right? That's how I know about a lot of these things. I have them mm-hmm. myself. And did Ray you just and I, get yourself an early Christmas present? <laughs> we're talking about Arbor Day present. We're talking about <laughs> Groundhog Day. Uh, <laughs> summer solstice. We get another mm-hmm. 80s mm-hmm. related thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Ray and I played a game last night with a group of friends here local to us. That's an 80s game. I'm going to talk about that as well as among those mm-hmm. lists. Cool. So, all right. So, all right. I'm going to toss one out there. This is an easy one for me. Right. This is going to seem like I'm mm-hmm. cheating here, but seriously, John Walsh, any of his books, there's two really great ones you can get for an 80s. These, these books are amazing. They're hardcover. Uh, and they are, again, they mm-hmm. go in depth. We've talked about them on the show. John was a guest a few weeks ago, so I'm plugging that episode as well. But Escape from the New York, mm-hmm. New York, the official story of the film and Flash Gordon, the official story of the film. Very good. Pictures you've never seen. Stories you've never heard. Escape from New York's a hardcover book for about 50 bucks. And the, the, the Flash Gordon book, which is a little bit older, I think it came out earlier this year, or maybe it was last year. I think it was earlier this year. Uh, it was about 25 bucks. So, you know, it's a nice, it's, it's a nice conversation mm-hmm. piece. It's a nice educational piece for folks that are into those films. Two great films from the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Somebody else has got something. Uh, I'm going to go with mm-hmm. a set of 12 red pebbled okay. tumbler cups, Ooh. 20 ounces for $19.18. Okay. These are the same cups that were used in um, Pizza Hut's back in the 80s. Oh, oh. you know, it's funny you say it. When you were describing, <laughs> that's the only thing I could picture with all the little uh, yeah. dimples in them or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my yep, gosh. Yep, that's them. Every meal would be nostalgic feeling. It would. But you could only drink <laughs> pop and or soda in a glass like that. I can't. Well, yeah, you'd have to drink. You'd have yeah. to call and order pizza, obviously, from Pizza Hut, and then get out the the, yeah. the special glasses yeah. that are kept with the china. Yeah. Oh. That is a great that's idea. That's a great idea. Kat, do you have something to suggest? I do. I have an idea. Um, how about a trapper keeper? Yes. <laughs> nice. Help keep, keep yourself organized or your, your favorite 80s, uh, 80s kid organized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you didn't get to have one oh. at the time. Was that you, Kat? Sadly. <laughs> I didn't have a trapper keeper either. Oh, no. Oh, I man. didn't either. All three of us could use one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's do a couple more, and then we could I could talk about some of the get some of the stuff that folks didn't get, or maybe we just, well maybe we'll just talk about that after all of them. I don't know. What do you what? What's next? What's this, next? A lot of people. What's, what's a lot of people one? wrote in about what they didn't get as a kid. <laughs> Here is another suggestion for an '80s gift, right? All right. And mm-hmm. I was going to recommend specific vendors, but there's a lot of them. And the vendor that I've got this from the one time they don't have any right now. So what I'm going to recommend is real vinyl coasters. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? I have an example for you right here. These I got these on Etsy some time ago. So just go to Etsy oh. and put in 80s vinyl coasters or vinyl coasters. They, this gentleman or this uh, vendor and some other ones do it too like this. They actually took an actual, this is the actual police album. What is this? Uh, I don't know which album is this. Oh. This is the one with their faces that are written. They make the, use the digital to make their faces. Um, shoot, what's this called? Okay. Someone will know what this is called. I don't remember which one that not coaster. Anyway, look what they do. Somebody look what us. they do. They <laughs> the take actual records. And I'm sure again, I'm, we're on Facebook Live right now. So if you're hearing the audio, you can check out the video on our Facebook page or join us next time we do this. Um, they took actual vinyl record. That's the vinyl record. They just cut oh. the label part out with a little bit extra of the vinyl around the edge. They coat it in something that makes it water resistant mm-hmm. or waterproof. So you can put a cup on there. I use these in the studio here. Um, and then um you put some cork on the back of it to make it, you know, more like a coaster. This one I've got, and, and this guy, these were just random 80s ones. He said, I got Madonna in here. You can dance. Uh, the Tubes is one of them here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wang Chung with the nice. original spelling of their band name, <laughs> Wang Chung. Um, and also, let's see, hmm. what's the other one? Oh, and The Police. It's actually the record. Uh, well, this is Ghost in the Machine. Please, Ghost in the Machine. Anyway, so uh, if you search on Etsy for 80s vinyl coasters or vinyl coasters, there's tons of them. Some of them are not made from actual records, but many of them are. I'm a fan of the ones that are actual records because I think mm-hmm. that's super cool of way of repurposing these records. It'd be great to have the actual records, but um, mm-hmm. they're not in a landfill somewhere <laughs> now. At least they're, you know, helping me with my beverages. I'm going to go with uh, <clears throat> tuberculosis. <laughs> Something. Uh, I'm going to go with a gift card uh, from Great Clips uh-huh. for a thirty-five dollar <laughs> perm. <laughs> oh my goodness! And if and if you if you plan ahead, you can have them trim it in the shape of a mullet. Right. Yes. <laughs> Who doesn't Wait. want a nineteen eighties uh, perm? Wait, is that what you're working on, Ray? Is that why you grew the hair out? Are you going to get a perm? Could be. And then the mullet. Could be. Oh. I tried and tried and tried to have curly hair. Yeah. I tried getting perms. It always failed. We need photographic evidence. <laughs> oh, no. You've got plenty. And we know you keep all your photos. We've seen enough <laughs> to know. There's a perm, a cat with a perm picture. <laughs> An attempted perm. I wouldn't call it a successful perm. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think there is one of me standing outside the Brendan Byrne Arena. Oh, is it that uh, Bon Jovi concert? Or a culture uh, actually, club? 
the power station this time. Oh, power I think station. It was, oh, I think okay. it was power station. No, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, Kat, you got another one and then we'll, let's mention some of these other things and then we'll. Well, this seems kind of boring now. Oh yeah. To what I've heard so far, but yeah. um, any kind of like graphic t-shirt, you know, yeah. with somebody's favorite like band or mm-hmm. you know movie theme you mean character like what? a 1984 arena tour shirt for duran duran for 75 dollars on ebay oh yes just like that is that what you got me ray i'm say yeah right you shopping for cats <laughs> that's, that's what i thought would be the perfect gift for her uh-huh. that would be the perfect gift for me <laughs> and oh. the gift card for the perm oh my <laughs> i should take i should give it one more try <laughs> I should have gotten a, uh, a, a gift receipt for what I said, cat for Christmas. What? Uh, what? 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 <laughs> it was. A, it's a tour shirt, but it's. Uh, oh, no. It's wasp. Oh, nice. <laughs> I realized I screwed that up. I don't know. Whatever. I lied. Okay. No, that's not. That's not. That, hey, I've got a ton of shirts. 80s shirts. I, I kind of mm-hmm. moved away from wearing them now. I feel like <laughs> I see Ray's got a misfit shirt on as I say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been wearing them as much as I like to, but yeah, 80s tees is a great place to do it. Tee Public is a great place. Uh, tee Public's over Chewbacca really on. Chewbacca? <laughs> I'll have to stand. It's like a, you know, there you go. Oh, <laughs> that's like a, uh, what do they call it's a, it? It's like what a are pop they, yeah. vinyl or something. Yeah, yeah, version yeah. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so a bunch of, we also asked, and we're going to get to, we have some more suggestions we're going to get to in just a moment here, but we also asked folks to write in about things that they really, really wanted, but never got. We heard from a lot of folks here, and I wanted to mention some of these uh, here. For example, let's see, and this is on the 80s ruled. I'll tell you, see if I can tell you where they came from. So on the 80s ruled, Megan wrote a magic set. Oh, one of my favorite gifts I got on Christmas was a magic set. That is a great thing. Ooh, I'm looking wow. to get my daughter, my youngest, a magic set this year because she's into that. Uh, Jenny wrote, uh, my stepsister had a fur coat and I wanted one so bad. They were big that year. Today, wow. there's no way I would get anything with real fur, of course, mm-hmm. but, but I didn't know better then. Mm-hmm. Um, my stepmother had three mink coats. Wow. <laughs> did she wear them at the same time? Where did you live? The Antarctica. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mumsy writes a light bright Simon perfection and Atari. Oh, mm-hmm. now I feel like I was, uh, you know, very fortunate. I had at least three mm-hmm. of these things, I think. Mm-hmm. Perfection, by the way, I think is a way you, today you can still teach uh, time <laughs> management and uh, dealing with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And because of that, because of that, this is true. I ordered, a, I got a perfection from a, our next door neighbor who was selling like an old perfection because I thought I'm going to teach my daughter how to deal with stress by having her play perfection. <laughs> That's how we learned. Uh, Bill writes an yep. Atari. Um Mm-hmm. Douglas writes a Les Paul. Oh my God, that'd be, yeah, that'd be good. Ooh. Denise writes Sean Cassidy pink satin jacket. Oh Ooh. my goodness. Amory wow. wanted a telescope. Paula wanted Jordash jeans. Uh, let's see. Uh, mm-hmm. David, a Yamaha. Why is he 80? Will, the Crayola Caddy. Oh yeah, I can picture that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, wow. William writes the Millennium Falcon. And we heard that a few times. That's also what John Henderson wrote in about, right, John? Uh, John mm. wanted, uh, let's see what John wrote here. Millennium Falcon and the USS flag. You know, the big ones. Wait, oh, the USS yeah. flag. Did I say that? I don't know. Isn't what that the, you wanted the a G- battleship or is that the GI Joe one? the GI Joe. Uh, oh, okay. That is the carrier. The okay. big carrier. That thing is gigantic. That's like two Millennium Falcons big. Whoa. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Huh. All right. We can go off some, over some more of these in a moment or so. We do have a lot of them. But, well, I um, was thinking, um, oh, okay. maybe for that. 
person in your life who like to collect action figures. Yeah. You could find their missing accessories, like little missing capes or laser guns or things like uh-huh. that, uh, little weapons, um, or even do a, a slow replacement maybe over the holidays for that person whose mom gave away all their action figures while, you know, while they mm-hmm. were away at college or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Happens too often. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, a purchase and a replacement of yeah. beloved items. That's yeah. great. You're right. In fact, you know, you say that and the, 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 the list that we're talking about here, what folks wrote in about the things they didn't get, friends or family spot this, they'd know something to get. Um, right. And speaking right. of that, I actually did that with my dad a couple Christmases. I remembered stories he told me of things he treasured as a kid that he wished he still had. And then I went and found them, you know, or at least as close as I could get. Mm-hmm. I did that a couple mm-hmm. of times and that was, he still has them, you know, uh, and cherishes them, I think I'm going to say, mm-hmm. but along those lines, I wanted a big track. I've talked about this before on the show. I'm pretty sure I wanted a big track. If you guys remember the big track, it was a truck that you could program to. And then once you programmed it, you program it, like go forward three feet, make, then turn left, go forward two feet, turn right. And if you program in the commercial, I remember the kid programmed it. It was like going through his house after he said, go, you know? And I thought, oh, I would love to have that and try to figure out how to program it. That it just seems to be, you know, now, now a truck could know if there's a wall there and turn and all that sort of thing. You have a Roomba. But then this was cutting edge technology. So I, I did look up though, speaking of that, in 1979, which is when it came out, I found the JCPenney Christmas book that had it for sale. It would have cost $29.97 which is roughly $127 today. Uh, mm-hmm. I did find one on eBay that they claim it works that I could get for 72 US. So it's cheaper now. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> um, all right, let's see what other folks wanted. Okay, so uh, David mm-hmm. writes a, yeah, I wrote this. Okay, oh, oh, here we go. Uh, Tasha wrote Barbie Dream House. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. That's, Michael Anderson just included a picture of Phoebe Cates from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont oh. High. <laughs> Hi, then. That's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. <laughs> that's what Kevin Klein says. <laughs> They're married. Uh, Lenny, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, oh Lenny boy. commented on that. I think there were a lot of guys, myself included, that wanted that one. Um, <laughs> Lenny, oh, uh, Lenny also wanted a Millennium Falcon. Dwight, a scooter. Mike, a dirt bike. Becky included a picture of a duffel bag with a picture of a, uh, like a unicorn screen printed on it. I don't know what that oh. is. Oh. Huh. Uh, Lee wanted a mini bike. Jennifer wanted a pot-bellied pig. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Rodimus Prime. Mal, my Mal wanted a Rodimus Prime. Wendy, a Care Bear. Uh, oh, and, and Mal said with regard to his Rodimus Prime, he later bought it for himself and it cost oh. a fair amount. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. You got something right? No, that's usually how that works. It's Uh, usually, you know, the Millennium Falcon, stuff like that. And mm -hmm. eventually people just go buy it for themselves. Yeah. Well, (laughs) uh, here's another Millennium Falcon. Scott on the, on the green room page wrote, Mm -hmm. I secretly coveted my friend's Kenner Millennium Falcon and maybe morked suspenders, which I would never have the guts to wear. (laughs) I had those suspenders, Scott, and I wore them. Yes. And then not too long ago, about uh, two or three years ago, my daughter <laughs> found ones like it and even made her own, uh, you know, he had those pins on them, like a, yes. like a moon. It was some other that, Yeah, that was his flare. Yeah, his flare. Yep. He, yeah. Oh, right, his flare. 
He made, she made her own flair to match the show. And she, she went like, a, I think it was hot. It might've been Halloween, but no, my daughter, it might've just been a Tuesday. Cause that's <laughs> what she would still does to this day. And Bart, our friend Bart over uh, on the uh, green remote, uh, I wanted to get the electronic football game so bad. All my friends were getting them, but me, I still have mine. Mm. Yeah, that was a fun game. Yeah. Go ahead. Rub it in. Well, yeah. <laughs> I would like to say I'd send it to you, Bart, but I, I can't part with that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm going to make another recommendation. I think, I think the other recommendations I have left for the most part are games. Um, and, and there's a mm-hmm. ton of them. And uh, we want to thank uh, the folks over at the op and their website is the op dot games. They are a, a game publisher and they publish a number of different games, including the one that we're going to give away uh, on our horror uh, live uh, Facebook event, uh, December 18th at 830 PM Eastern. Uh, it's trivial pursuit. It's actually a horror edition though. Horror ultimate editions got 1800 questions in it. Many of them are from the 1980s. And if you go to a 1980s now.com and take the quiz to enter our live competition, the questions in there came from this game. So you can get a sense of what they asked for. Mm-hmm. All right. So Ray and I, yesterday we played another game from the op again, the op dot uh, games, great source for 80 stuff. They've got my little pony games, Beetlejuice, you know, related material, all different eighties, uh, you know, light products that are licensed. Oh, Ken, I, I meant to mention you, Ken, Ken wanted the ad at 40 years ago. He just bought the Lego super deluxe ad. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love that. You said at, at, because yeah. my son berates me when I say uh-huh. that he says, mom, it's at, at. Oh, and I, I say, no, it's, <laughs> it's for me. Like, who was born in the seventies kid? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay. So as I was mentioning, Ray and I last night played this other game from the op again, the op dot games. It's called the thing infection at outpost 31. And it's based on the John Carpenter, uh, 1982. I want to say 81, probably 81. Uh, film, the thing. I should know this. I want to say 81. We, sh- we should know it's either 80 or 81. Yeah. I think it's 81. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but so I'm going to read you the description from the website because I don't know that I could describe it better than they could. And then Ray and I could talk about sort of our feelings about the game. It says an alien life form has infiltrated a bleak and desolate and Antarctic research station, assimilating other organisms and imitating them. So you play as one of the characters from the film, one of the 12 characters from the film, as you lead a series of investigations through different rooms and the facility. So it's, there's a little, the board game is the different rooms in the facility, much like in the, in the movie itself. You use different uh, supplies that you can get to clear out the building. The idea is you're trying to escape, you know, cause you know, there's a, there's a imitation running out there threatening your life. So you're trying to escape. But meanwhile, Someone at the party there, someone at the table there playing the game with you is the imitation and nobody knows except mm. them. And as the game progresses and you're you know, trying to get out of there by doing these, completing these different investigations of these different rooms, more and more people can become infected. Oh and boy. so slowly the people playing the game with you, you know, or have a different objective uh, <laughs> than the, you know, the, the uneffect, uh, uninfected humans do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're racing you to get out in time. Oh boy. Yeah. And rooms catch fire and there's smoke and power outages and destruction. (laughs) And you're, you're just trying to get your things done so that you can escape. Um, yeah, it, it's a fun game. It's a lot so of fun. this was fun, huh? Yeah. (laughs) All right. It sounds stressful. I'll be perfectly honest. (laughs) The, the rules seemed complicated to me, but it's because most rules do. And if not for Ray and our other buddy, Shane, 
who are guys who can just absorb rules and then remember rules. I don't know that we would have gotten started as quickly and smoothly as we did. Yeah, it took right. about a half an hour of sorting through the rules. And I was kind of worried we weren't going to figure it out because it is, um, it's a more complicated read. But once you, it clicks, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it moves right from there. And there's oh, not any... It's not even like there was a lot of like, what was the rule for this? Once you had it, you, you yeah. had it down. The, right. the sec- We played it twice. And the second time there was no confusion. There was yeah. no problem. We were able to just sit down and play the game. And and it was cool because one, there's a lot of characters to pick from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. not stuck with like four to pick from. Okay. So yeah. that was cool. I like that part of it. Yeah. Uh, that sounds we good also, for me. Uh, so I don't have to yeah. keep asking questions and forgetting rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. We played with four people and we all agree. Uh, I think Max is eight. Yeah, four to eight. I, right. I think the game would be a lot more fun if you could get eight people to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would be a lot scarier too because more yeah. people are getting infected. And mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was a hard game to finish, not from the rules standpoint, because like Ray <laughs> said, once we got it, we got it. And in fact, mm-hmm. today, the day after, I was thinking back on us learning the rules and I thought, why did it seem complicated? Because when I think about the rules now, it's pretty simple. <laughs> Yeah, and they give you these cards like many so many games do that have a breakdown of everything that happens in a turn. And mm-hmm. if you just look at this card, you pretty much know what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So even mm-hmm. though it might seem like, again, I seemed into, I felt intimidated at the beginning. It's just I just because I it's easy for me to feel intimidated by game rules, but <laughs> there were there really are not that complicated, and the mechanics oh. of it made it really fun and feel like I thought. You know, that we are in this, if we, we were nervous at times, like oh, we don't know who's trying to, you know, yeah. sabotage the investigation or who's really trying to help. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, and I do recommend yeah. you skip the rookie version yeah. and just go right to the advanced one because oh. once we did, we, we started, we were like, well, let's try the rookie thing. And then we just said, you know what? This isn't working for us. Yeah. Let's go right to the advanced one. And once we did that switch, it was even better. So, yeah. Cool. And the d- big distinction was for some reason, when you're a quote rookie, you sh- you're not supposed to talk about, you can't Your reveal cards. certain things to each other. Yeah. But when you're more yeah. advanced, you can. Right. Oh. In the, in the rookie version, you're not allowed to talk about your supply cards. Okay. Yeah. But right. we realized very quickly that if you can't talk about the cards, we can't uh, work together to solve the problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the person with the alien, you know, who's got the cards, yeah. if they're holding something we need, they can easily just lie and say, I don't have that card. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it is harder so, in a sense if it's, all right. it was more like the movie where some people be lying to you about stuff yeah. and other people wouldn't be. And you're trying to figure it out, which was really, really hard to figure out who was the alien and who wasn't. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 just like speaking of just like the movie again, it felt like the movie in that sense that of uh, sort of a hysteria. Um, but the uh, the characters, the twelve choosable characters that you can play, playable characters, like I said, they're characters from the movie, and they each have different abilities mm-hmm. that can help complete an investigation. So it was fun the second time around. We realized how valuable these different abilities were, and we spent more time trying to figure out who do we, each of us wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, and we stopped giving away um, equipment cards that were actually useful for other things because you have to turn in cards at the beginning of a round. Oh, that was when we okay. started to realize, oh, fire extinguishers, fire extinguishers, and flashlights and stuff are actually kind of important. So <laughs> we <laughs> should probably stop throwing those down as the throwaway cards. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely recommend this from the cool. op. This one's uh, it's, it's it's like sixty bucks. 
at the op.games. Um, it's mm-hmm. available lots of places. You can find it at retail stores, of course, as well. Again, there's a whole lot of stuff there. And um, again, this Trivia Pursuit game, which I've been going through, is pretty cool too. But you'll hear more about that on Saturday when we play our trivia game. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's cool. We definitely recommend this. And mm-hmm. we're gonna, I know we, I could see us playing this again. Absolutely. Oh, and yeah, with I, more people. I, yeah. yeah, I think we'll definitely play that again. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. So it was a, a slow go in the beginning, but... Uh, once you get it, you get it. So if you do buy it, don't get discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just That's keep heartening. going. <laughs> yep. uh, we got a few more uh, sad stories about toys people didn't get. Uh, and then we'll wrap up here. So uh, on Instagram, Ronnie Reels wrote Converse knee high shoes. Mm, knee high. Yeah. Those are the, those are the real big ones that wow. laced all the way up to almost your, your oh, knee. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. I associate that with like, you know, rock stars, you know, part of that kind <laughs> right. of outfit. Um <laughs> Kyle wrote Optimus Prime. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. It crept from the 80s. It wrote, uh, I was seven. The year was 1984. It sounds like a story. I was seven. The year was 1984. <laughs> and I wanted the return of the Jedi Imperial Shuttle so bad. <laughs> Still to this day, I have yet to have it in my collection. Yeah. yeah I, had, ah. I had like friends and family members who had like all this stuff. Just like mm-hmm. Scott was saying, you like covet it. Like... <gasps> Why does he have it? He doesn't deserve uh, it. Yeah. He treats his <laughs> toys poorly. <laughs> uh, Jeff's retro wrote turtle blimp. Hmm. That must be a, maybe a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. Oh, maybe. Sounds familiar. Well, hmm. they had, yeah, all kinds of uh, vehicles. and uh, yeah. yeah. That was later in yeah. the 80s. I think it was a little too yeah. old for toys mm-hmm. at that point. Although, yeah, uh, yeah. Although I think I did watch the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> in 1984, I did get a gift that I absolutely loved yeah uh the red box D. oh right right oh, yes the, uh, i got that too it's a, yeah it's the remake by frank mens menser oh. um that thing was 9.95 nine dollars and 95 cents in 1984 huh. christmas season i looked it up on amazon this afternoon yep. brand oh, new in the box 684 dollars and 66 cents wow Oh, I found it. I found a used one yeah. for two hundred and nineteen bucks. Wow, <laughs> that's a that's a big jump. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, I remember yes. now, Ray. I did get that box as we've talked about. I still have my dice on the mm-hmm. shelf over here from the box. That's all I have left. I don't know why I don't only have the dice. That's a dumb movie. <laughs> but it, I didn't get it as a gift. I remember now. I think it was me and my 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 friend uh, Craig. I think we saved up and, and went and bought it at Toys R Us ourselves. I think. There in Jersey hmm. City, New Jersey. That's what I remember. I know we would go to Toy. I remember exactly where in Toys R Us they had the D and D stuff. It was a really small <laughs> section, just like one, sh- like one sort of vertical shelf of things. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was probably every shelf, even in this vertical area, but it was in the back. Yeah, that's how we got it. I think. Yeah, I still got my dice back there. Hmm. I must have chipped in more money because I got the dice. <laughs> you got the dice. He yeah. got the books. Oh well, well, yeah. I guess maybe he made out though. He could sell his for two hundred dollars. It's super, right, you know, right. dice not yeah. included. <laughs> You're right. That's yeah. The books are probably worth more. Uh, yeah. The only other yeah. gift uh, I couldn't find it anywhere. The uh, yeah. Poly Polybius arcade game. <laughs> the actual one. Yeah, I can't find this. Thing. Okay, I wonder why. What? Well, <laughs> a couple of reasons that's potential. One is an urban legend, and it may never have actually existed. Oh boy. Or two, if it did exist, there was one machine or two machines. I think <laughs> in uh, Oregon. I think it was. Somewhere in the Pacific Northwest near an actual uh, game developer. And the government, as you know, the black suits came in and took them away, right? And they're gone. Yes. Well, they took people away too that were really good at it. Yeah. 
Exactly. Oh, but it also caused like seizures and blackouts and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just urban <laughs> legend, Cass. None of it. True. I- <laughs> it's been debunked many times. I learned but, quickly when to follow your lead and not believe it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned lately to just let him talk and then just be like, mm-hmm. It's more like, you know, with a fire and oxygen. <laughs> yep. That's not fair. I should do something else. What else should I do, right? <laughs> yes. And now those people are defending us from aliens. The people oh, that yeah. did well on the game. Yeah. That's true. That's how they found them, right? Yeah. I don't know what they wanted them for. Yeah. I'm not the government. Almost like an Ernest Klein's uh, follow-up book. Oh, it was that Armada. Yeah, you know what sucks? They were supposed to get that movie done and then COVID hit. And Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. one's already, it was ready to go and they were going to make it and mm-hmm. then everything went bad. I mean, it's basically a contemporary last Starfighter, right? Right. Um, why, did you Ooh. not read it? <laughs> I, quite honestly, I didn't, I didn't get, uh, uh, I don't think I made it past like the third chapter. Uh, it's fantastic. Remember he started like listing off a lot of things like in his father's uh, notes. And I was like, oh, he's really putting the whole list in here. <laughs> hey, it, that's a, that's a really, I think it's just as good as Ready Player One. It oh. really is. It's a great book. Hmm. Well, I love Ready Player One, but. Yeah, yeah, I read more than 30 pages of it, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. John asked why I didn't press the liar button. Liar you know, because I didn't lie. I didn't lie. You know, I think, John, I think I took the liar button off of here, actually. I'm sorry. I it think I did people. because uh, <laughs> I was listener. like, I, gotta, I can't discourage Ray from lying. I mean, well, he wouldn't hardly talk then. <laughs> yeah. I agree with Ray. <laughs> about what? About. Uh, yes. Yes. About uh, Armada, probably. Uh, oh, John, oh, John is okay, our resident okay, book expert. Okay, yep. all right. All right, hey, our show is brought to you courtesy of the wonderful supporters that we have on Patreon, including John Henderson, Craig Coletta, Bart Arnold, John Kaminsky, and John Reddick. So you can join them by going to... <laughs> you! Go to patreon.com slash 1980s now and yeah. you can become a patron as well. I just didn't have a good way to say that <laughs> today. <laughs> um, Sorry. I just write it down. I say the same thing exactly every time. I need to write um, something down. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't forget to join us this Thursday, December 16th at 8 p.m. We're going to be speaking with Cassandra Peterson on Facebook Live mm-hmm. and she wants to hear your questions and comments. And then uh, on Saturday, we'll be doing uh, horror trivia. So if you want to uh, participate in that in the live event, actually live on StreamYard like we are right now, you could be one of those talking heads or just be in the <laughs> audience competing also for a chance to win. Uh, you can head over to 90, 1980snow.com to complete the quiz to enter the, uh, well, to be the part of the screen. Part. I don't know, whatever. You got it. Read the, <laughs> if you have any questions, email us. We'll let 1980snow. I don't know. It's late. I want to go to bed. Okay. <laughs> 1980snow.com. <laughs> I'll edit that part in and take all the rest of the part out. Fix mine nice. for sure. <laughs> Fix yours. I'll use an older one from a different episode. You should definitely use an older one. <laughs> when you weren't, as Ray says, having a what, stroke. Yeah. Right. You're, having a, you're having a seizure over there. What's seizure? going on? I don't know what I'm having. We will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. See ya. Later. <laughs> <laughs>